Welcome to Monday Monday. We're Joey and Emma, bringing you a new, real, raw parenting podcast series. Talking to experts, celebrities, parents, and influencers to shine a light on the areas of parenting that are overlooked, unspoken, or not Instagram worthy. We say that every day is a Monday for a mama. Please subscribe, like, comment, and follow our journey on Monday Monday. Joey Kendall Brown, Emma Sarai Beard. Thank you for listening! In today's episode, Emma and I are getting to know exactly what Max Rogers has to say about pelvic floor, body confidence, pregnancy, pilates and fatherhood. You may have seen his chiseled face gracing the covers of Vogue, numerous designer campaigns and on the judging panel of Britain's next top model. He also happens to be married to the beautiful and talented Kimberly Wyatt, who we also had on Mumday Mumday. Welcome. Hi, thank you. So, thank you for taking part. Thank you for having me. It's a privilege to be invited. Thank you very much. So, you have two beautiful girls. One more on the way. One more on the way, yeah. How are you feeling? Are you nervous, excited? Well, it's probably going to be a girl, isn't it? um, (laughs) Outnumbered. (laughs) Outnumbered. You know what? No, neither of the above. I am doing all the logistical stuff, as you do. You're ticking boxes. You're thinking, right, do I need to buy another car? Because we have three baby seats in the back now. (laughs) How much do flights cost? Now we want to go on holiday. All those kind of things. And I I feel like that's what I do to distract my mind from... The fear, the fun stuff, well, all that stuff that's coming. Yeah. But it's not now, so we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's how my mind works. <laughs> that's a nice methodical way to look at I'm it. I'm very methodical. I think that's the only way you can look it's at the, it. Yeah, you can get so overwhelmed by the, the amount of stuff that you've got to worry about, but it's not now, it's, ne- it's later. So let's think about what's now. Did you find that with the second time round as well? Was that a lot easier? Running, in the run-up, yeah. In the run-up, we were, so, it, it, you know, the pregnancy period, we were so chill. Yeah. Mm. You just, you just, you, you just know what you've got to do, and everything else will figure itself out. Mm. The first time, you're asking a lot more questions. The first time, we were very chilled as well, and we were in a great place for it. But you're asking a lot more questions, and you, you're worrying about this. And the, 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 you know, the nursery's done six months before they're even born, mm. and you realise quite quickly that they're not even in it until six months mm. after they've been born. So you could have started the week before, you know, <laughs> like a year later, you know. <laughs> This one hasn't even got a bedroom yet, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're not be still in mine and daddy's bedroom. Yeah. We that you might be, yeah, you might be sharing a bedroom next People time you come up. They might be straight in so. Yeah. <laughs> so Max, what does fatherhood mean to you? I mean, it's a broad question, that isn't it? It's mm-hmm. like it's everything now. It's it's um, 
I, I, it's, it's everything that I am, you know, I, it's, it's everything good, it's everything bad, it's everything stressful, it's everything rewarding, it's, it's literally how I define myself, not just in a spiritual way or, or a cosmic kind of a way, but in a time way, it takes up all my time, it is who I am, mm. you know, it's the reason why I can't go out, but it's the reason why I, I, I get up early in the mornings mm. nowadays, it's, it, it defines my entire existence, and um, I, 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 I stress to include everything in that because lots of people will answer that question in the way that they feel it should be answered, which is, oh, it's changed me as a person, it's defined my whole life. Well, yeah, that, but also it's the biggest inconvenience in my life as well now, you know? It's, it's everything that I base my life on fatherhood is, mm. and I love it. And yeah. it's exactly the choice. That's what I was going to say. Do you I love, love it? Do you resent it? No, I absolutely love it. Uh, I love all the challenges and I, it just is my life now, you know? Mm. It's like breathing and waking up in the morning. It's just what it is. Yeah. What sort of advice could you give other, like, new fathers on how to be confident and prepared like mentally and physically for like having a baby because it's not just about the mum is it at the end of the day no it isn't and it gets it gets lost in you know it does get sort of lost in the fluff a bit what the what the dad has to think about um I mean, there's endless amounts of advice you could give a, a father. The best piece of advice is would be don't listen to any advice because you'll be all right. Yeah. You'll be all right if you. I our, when we first had Willow, which is our first, we um, our doctor said to us, if you turn up at the hospital on the day, and that day is the first day you even realised you were pregnant, you've bought nothing, you know nothing, you'll do, you've you've, you've got done nothing, you'll still be all right. Yeah. Mm. You know. So no matter how you do this, you'll be all right yeah. and, and it will be fine. Um, and everybody's journey is different. Everybody has a different set of circumstances. So really, there's not much advice I can give you other than to say you'll be all right. Mm -hmm. You know, um, that said, I've had my own challenges as well. So, you know, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I met so the, the season that fashion works in seasons, the season before Willow was born, I shot everything. Mm -hmm. It was a brilliant season. It was one of those. Everything fell into place. Big clients were moving shoots around the birth so that they'd have me in their, in their campaign. And I was like, I was top of the tree. It was as good as it could possibly be. And three short months later, Kim went on MasterChef, which took out all of her time. We hadn't yet got a nanny or any kind of help yet. So I'm sat at home with this completely helpless young being, staring at it, thinking, at, with, and I, it, my agent had stopped calling me because they knew I couldn't do anything mm -hmm. at all. I'm watching buses drive past with my face on and thinking, I, I, this, this is my life for 18 years. That's me now. I'm done. Mm. This sucks. I, yeah, completely, absolutely. Mm. Had I'd lost all sense of purpose, um, all sense of control over my life. Very little reward at that stage. I don't care what anybody says. You don't know this being yet. You're learning to love it more and more every single day. Of course you are. And and it, it's it's everything you've spent your life moving towards. But at the same time, you're getting nothing back from it. Mm. When did you feel like you got something back? When you thought, actually, I get this fatherhood thing. Every every day, mm. a smidgen more. Every minute, a smidgen more. Mm. You know, with every tummy time that you do, you gain, you know, a little bit of a, a more. They they hold their head up a little bit more, and you'll be calling somebody to tell them, "Oh my God, we got thirty <laughs> seconds of tummy time," and if, and then they they develop a laugh, and they, it's literally. And that, my, she's four and a half now, and every day it's just got better and better because you're getting to know somebody more and more. Yeah. It's the same as an adult relationship. Yeah. I, I don't know if everybody's mind works like that, but I mine think, does. Yeah, I think fathers do. I think fathers do tend to, it grows. I, I, I remember saying to Danny, my partner, 
you know, I grew this baby, babies, sorry, for nine months. I had to adapt everything that I did for these before they even arrived. Mm. You've only had seven months of adapting and it may take you nine months to realize, oh, okay, I'm having to move things around here. So, you know, I've almost had a head start. And so I said to him, don't worry about not feeling, you know, when the baby holds your finger, the world stops, that moment, you know, because it- that, that moment, right, this, this is what bugged me so much. You get this, like, you just hit it just right. People tell you that your life is going to change in some kind of cosmic way yeah. that you've never... I'm sorry, no, it didn't. <laughs> I know, because the moment, woman. the moment, yeah, the moment it happened, we had to have a C-section. Kim wanted to deliver naturally, I'm sure she told you, but we yeah. weren't able to. Um, the baby comes out, goes on the table, you check everything's fine, brilliant. She's fine, Willow's fine, but over there is my wife on the table who's got her insides hanging out and has just finished major surgery. To be honest, I want to go and be with her because I know her, I don't yep. know this baby yep. yet. So it, it, it wasn't a cosmic moment. It was lovely and personally I wasn't worried by the fact that it wasn't because mm. I'm quite pragmatic in that way anyway. Mm. I wasn't expecting it to be. Mm. But people do play up that and I, I honestly, in my head, I'm like, you're lying. Yeah. No, it isn't. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's nice to be able to talk truthfully about, you know, for a father, for instance, how you feel um, and that these moments not, aren't necessarily what happens and that's, that it's okay yeah. and that it's normal. Yeah. Because I think a lot of um, fathers may feel a little bit like, God, am I the only one who feels this way? So that's why I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah. And, and so it's nice to know because my partner's exactly the same as you. And so I think a I know, lot of we talk about it all the time. hopefully feel better about knowing <laughs> I, I hope so too because yeah. it is a real, it really is a, 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 it can be a really scary thing. And if you're not 100% confident in yourself, mm. that can affect you. And like you say, it's, you don't want to talk to somebody about it because they might look at you and go, what's, what's the matter with you? And you might think, oh, there is something the matter with me. Yeah. It's scary that. Yeah, definitely. Do you find that where, because you were at home a lot, around the birth yeah um that you were having to be at this like the stay-at-home dad kind of thing did that annoy you and f did you like kind of envy men who went out nine to five and had that structure whereas you have a completely different career i don't think i've ever envied anybody who goes out for nine to five that's yeah. not that's not for me but yeah, I found myself as a stay-at-home dad. And I knew at the time it was circumstantial because Kim happened to be doing this job that was yeah. all-consuming. And in the back of your mind, you know they're not going to stay this completely helpless, zero feedback being forever. <laughs> but there's something in your mind, because it's all-consuming and relentless and 24 hours a day, it does feel like this is going to be forever. Mm. And it, it obviously it isn't. It, and every day it gets less and less like that. Yeah. But there were moments where I was, I, I thought, I mean, you don't resent, I wasn't annoyed. I was just it, almost trapped by it, mm. to be honest. You, you, my agent would ring and say, there's a, you know, these guys want to see you. I'm like, I, I literally can't. Mm. And that is my career that I can't now do. Yeah. Um, perhaps if I did have a nine to five, they'd know I wasn't going to be there because they'd know that yeah. I'm, I'm off for, with the baby. And well, then people are pushing for that now, aren't they? That I men can, it, can I, take it. I cannot, the privilege that I have that I didn't have to go back to work. Yes, I struggled mm. with, um, you know, being at home with a baby and not really being able to go to work. 
but I wouldn't swap that in a million years mm. for having to go back to work after two weeks. I cannot imagine how, mm. how difficult that must be for guys. Do you think mm. it gave you a head start in bonding as well? Because I think that one of the things that Andy, my husband, felt really difficult is that he didn't know where to kind of step in because I did everything. I breastfed, I did all the sleep routine and everything like that, not that we had one, but yeah. like I did everything for Knox and all he did was wait on me. And that kind of for him was soul destroying because he wasn't growing a bond, mm -hmm. but he also was there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I have an interesting comparison with that because the first baby, yeah, I it did fall on, uh, more fell on me. Mm. But the second baby, Kim and I decided that I would, I would go man to man with Willow mm -hmm. and Kim would take the baby, which meant she did all the night shifts, mm -hmm. but then she'd sleep in the day. And I'd, I'd, I basically kept it normal. And I thought, what deal? Brilliant. Mm. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> this is amazing. And it makes sense because she's going to be up breastfeeding anyway. So there's no point in both of us being up and then having to deal with a then three-year-old as well the next day. So it was yeah. a good solid plan. But for three months, I didn't see Maple. And I didn't bond with her to start with. Yeah. And so it, it is natural that the woman would take most of the nurturing because of purely for the breastfeeding yeah. and the fact that you're sat on the couch recovering anyway. So the man can run around and do all the other stuff that has mm -hmm. to go on. Um, but yeah, I found with a second baby that made it difficult to, to bond. It, it didn't last forever. Um, but how these guys go back to work and and develop a bond i i take my hat off to them that's amazing yeah yeah, yeah. and i do think that there needs to be some something needs to be addressed with that because i think that yes people talk about women's mental health and how it affects them and postnatal depression and it and it does it's affected me massively but they there seems to be a sidestep of the father not talking about the father and fathers experience maybe not physically but definitely emotionally what the the wife goes through and, and then when the baby arrives and i do think that there is something in that there needs to be something that's done more for, for a father to be able to have, you know, a month, two months, however long, six months, nine months, to have that quality time. And I don't know how how we do that, well, but our, there needs to be a conversation. Our society is set up for previous generations, isn't it? And in previous, if you talk to my grandfather, I mean, he didn't talk to his kids till they were 18. Yeah. Like, it wasn't his job. He, he, you know, he made the kids and then he went out to work and paid for the kids. And, and, and beyond... Uh, probably a chat to check in on Sunday afternoon yeah. in his office. That was all, that was the way it was. That's the way the world was set up. Thankfully now we've moved into a much better system where both parents are co-parenting, co but this, but our working structures yep. haven't changed that yeah. it, like, like that because they can't. And of course, if the mum is going to have the baby, then it's more likely that she's going to take the time off, which means somebody has to work. Yep. And that's where we're, that's what we're left with. So I, I, I don't know really what the answer is to that, but I think that I'm very fortunate that I don't have to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Max, as a trained Pilates instructor... That is me. <laughs> has this helped you when supporting your wife, Kim, um, pre- and post-pregnancy? Uh, well, I wasn't for the first two, in fact. Oh, wow. I'm, I, I was always a fitness expert and I knew my stuff. But the actual certification and the knowledge and the science that I've acquired uh, is helping for for, num for number three. Ooh. It's it's there are the fitness fitness and pregnancy post and prenatal is it should be encouraged and people are quite scared of it for for not you know valid reasons mm. um so i fully encourage fitness mm -hmm. but that said there are certain things that it's good to, it's it's essential in fact to know yeah so being a 
certified Pilates instructor with the science to back it up keeps her safe but also gives her the motivation and the encouragement and this and you know it gives her free reign to go and keep fit yeah Yeah. um because there's a lot of things to do with relaxing and stuff like that isn't there and like how long you can exercise for and whether it is right up to the birth exactly not to push yourself further than you would have done pre-game exactly and there are those those things where I would encourage, you know, you want to, people would be encouraged to keep fit, but you do have to be aware of these, these limitations that aren't about whether or not you're feeling tired. Mm. They're actual hormonal differences that will damage you if you aren't aware of them. Relaxing yeah. being probably the most important one. Diastasis recti um, is, is another one where the abs separates. Uh, oh, yes. And you, you have to wait for that to go back yeah. before you engage in any kind of spinal flexion. Otherwise, you'll you, you ruin your abs and you'll create a hurt. How long would you have to wait before you could? You have to keep checking, but you do. Your, I think the postnatal check on a natural delivery is six weeks, six to eight weeks, I think. And, and your midwife or your health visitor can do that, We'll check they? for you. It's literally a case of placing your fingers between your abs, mm-hmm. um, breathing in and breathing out, and, and they'll be able to feel. It's literally a feel test. And once it's a finger, a centimetre, then you can start light training again. Mm-hmm. Anything more than 20 millimetres and it's not ready. Is there a difference between twins, actually? Because I know that mine separated quite a lot, but I'm hypermobile. I don't know whether that was completely irrelevant or whether maybe having a bigger bump makes I, a difference. I, perhaps it would make a difference, but diastasis recti is something that's going to happen. So It doesn't actually happen to every woman, really? but it does happen to most. And multiple births, multiple gestations, as in your second and third child, is very likely to because mm-hmm. the supple, it's, it's, it's been... Stretch before. It's been stretched before. Yeah, Kim's on her third baby now, so it's absolutely guaranteed that it's going to happen. Is that the theory that everyone's bump is bigger sooner in each pregnancy? I don't know about size of bump, but um, but certainly the muscles are are already, you know, pre-programmed to move in that direction. (laughs) So if she's already (laughs) had diastasis recti, you're going to get it if you have another baby after that. You might be very lucky not to have it in the first pregnancy, but I actually don't know of anybody that hasn't had diastasis recti. Right in, let us know. How'd you get on? Yeah, let us know. <laughs> lucky, lucky thing. <laughs> so Pilates is a really incredible way to exercise during pregnancy. Why is it better than other things like yoga, for example? Um, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't like to put down any kind of mm-hmm. fitness at all. Anything that makes you safely exercise during pregnancy, no matter what it is, if it's good for you, go for it. Mm. The reason why Pilates is a, is, is a positive one for me is because everything is dialed in through your pelvic floor in mm. Pilates, which is great for pregnancy. It's a, one of the crucial, crucial things. And you, the, the fundamentals of Pilates are based on, uh, on, on, on keeping an engagement of your pelvic floor at 30%, no matter what exercise mm. you're doing. The other thing about it is it works within your f- current functional range of movement. Whereas something like yoga stretches is the challenge is to stretch beyond your functional range of movement, mm. which is where if you have relaxing swimming around in your body, you won't be stretching through the muscle, you'll be stretching through the tendon, the connective tissue. Once those connective tissues have been loosened, suppled, they don't really go back, which means you've now got a perfectly healthy muscle unable to contract because it's flapping about on tendons that, that can't provide any resistance. Whereas Pilates works within your functional range of movement, so you're never pushing the muscle or the tendons further than their length currently is. That is the crucial thing and why I would advise Pilates. So to in anybody. a way, there's a lot out there, there's like baby yoga, mm. and there should be like a 
Pilates with babies and Pilates. Yeah. I think that people and... just assume that like, well, yoga is very trendy, isn't well, it? it? Is. As, as is Pilates. But I think everyone wants it for the mind as well. But Pilates is for the mind as well. Pilates is all about connection yeah. between, it's all about centering, breathing, connection right? between the, the mind and the body and breathing and control and all those kind of things. So actually Pilates, I, I, I'm a huge advocate of Pilates and I think most osteopaths that you speak to, most of the exercises that they would give you would be Pilates based exercises. And yo listen, yoga is a wonderful way to exercise, it's brilliant. If you were gonna take on a yoga class while pregnant, I would give you a little pamphlet on relaxing and say, don't push it through this class. Push to where it's push to where there's resistance and don't go any further because that's where you'll pick up an that injury. That was my problem actually because I used to be a dancer like him, obviously not in the Pussycat Dolls, but um, I am so competitive in that way of flexibility and stuff like that and I, like hypermobility, I didn't like being told not, not to, to do it. Yeah. yeah, so I really struggled and like my pelvis used to click and everything like that and then I was suffering with like morning sickness and stuff. Um, so I just stopped exercising because of the fear basically. Yeah. Did you have any like long-term effects from relaxing do you think um yes my pelvis probably i would say it took over a year to go back to normal i still even feel like it's out of line now um there's but... a there's there's a there's, there's a thing called prolapse where your uterus can perhaps lower mm. um and it impacts with your Perfect. regions yeah. um and that and women often feel like everything's been lowered mm. um and that's often an effect of over Stretching. stretching. I wouldn't say I've noticed relaxing. that, but it'd be interesting because I, I guess someone would have to give you a, a test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. What would be amazing is after we've um, done this podcast, you could maybe demonstrate a few Pilates postures that may be beneficial for us. Yes. And maybe we could do sort of like a pregnancy, a post like for me. Well, yeah, we should get, we'll get, post, Kim, post, we'll post. get Kim back yeah. in and we'll do, I'll line you girls up and we'll do, we'll do the same exercise, but I'll do three separate adaptions for prenatal, postnatal, Amazing. and no-natal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no-natal. Yeah, and used to be natal. <laughs> I haven't done any exercise yeah. in 18 months. Yeah, and I'm definitely not natal anymore. Yeah. <laughs> what we'll, so what we'll do then, for anyone listening, is um, just check out our stories and it will be live on there for you to sort of have a look at whatever stage you are yes. in your cool. pregnancy journey. I'll do that. Yeah, so with pregnancy, everyone talks about the pelvic floor or some people don't talk about it at all. It should be. Yes, yeah. but... Do we need all these gadgets and stuff that people are saying, oh, get this, get that? Can we do it ourselves at home? Gadgets? Yeah, have you not seen them? <laughs> no, I haven't seen oh, them. God. What on earth? There was even a woman on TV, like, demonstrating them live on TV of what she could hold. Oh, I saw this. Mm -hmm. This is pretty What time were you watching wait. TV, by the way? Was this, this was, like, this morning. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, Sounds like the sort of thing you'd find at about birth, birth and you're like, ah. Right. I saw that. I was quite shocked. Gadgets? Yeah. To what? Mm. Um, like... Is it like am amber beads or something? I don't know. I don't. I wasn't. I didn't. I'm Google sorry. It this sounds like the sort of thing you'd find also, in the back of a mucky mag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like John Lewis sell them. I'm sort of sure they're called like um, me use or something like that. But like it's like a device. None of this is sounding any less porn like. No, I know. <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, it helps you discover where your pelvic floor is internally I guess okay I mean listen I have I can't give a review on those particular no. those particular things what I can tell you is that it's 
your pelvic floor exercises, the pelvic floor exercises you need could be done in the positions you're sat right now. They can be done while you're driving, they can be done while you're standing, they can be done at any point. So I'm not sure why or how you'd involve a device in that. Well, it's marketing, isn't it? Uh, I guess, if, if there's something to create I mean, and sell I, for a lot of money, like £100, because I think that's what they re- retail at, like really? £150. Yeah. I'm in the wrong game. Yeah. Um, I, there is, if, if some women after, um, what's it called, an epiostomy, Epi- episiotomy, episiotomy, find it difficult after that to engage and reconnect with their pelvic floor. That falls outside my remit. I would refer you to a physio or even a doctor to do whatever it is they do that reconnect your mind to be able to engage the pelvic floor. Now, maybe at this point, a gadget might help. Uh, Personally, I deal with somebody who can engage the pelvic floor, and if you can engage the pelvic floor, I don't think you'd need a gadget. Just like you you don't need gym equipment to build muscle. You can do press-ups and pull-ups all day and things like that. You can, you can do if you want, but why bother? If I, do you, are, you in, are you in touch with your pelvic floor? I really, really struggle with the pelvic floor. So if you're, if you're on the toilet going for a wee right now mm-hmm. and you had, to, you had the baby scream, so you had to stop, stop. This is, this is I've, I, for me, having had given birth to twins naturally... I've majorly struggled with my pelvic floor. I did the odd bit of pelvic floor during pregnancy. Um, But since giving birth, I feel like I have not a moment to even think about myself, um, which is not good because I've had, I have to say, a few accidents along the way. Um, Totally natural. Yeah. Absolutely fine. Um, Stress incontinence is in every single chapter of everything mm. you learn is the first symptom. Yeah. Everyone has that. Yeah. It's fine. I'm seven months in, so I'm thinking, am I late to get this back, my pelvic floor back? No, there's no late to it. It's a muscle. It's a, it's is it a, too late though? That is a really good question. Like, say now, I mean, I do nothing with my pelvic floor and it's 18 months down the line. Can I still find it? Of course, it's a muscle. As long as you're dialed into it, and like I said, if you can't activate it with your mind, you may need to see a physio who can help you reconnect with it. But just like if somebody breaks their arm or their leg and their muscle is completely wasted away because they've been in traction for six months, when they come back, they start rehab and build the muscle up again. You know, babies aren't built with huge muscles. They develop muscles. Yeah. Muscles, are, uh, muscles develop as a result of you... Uh, they adapt to the stimulus you put forward for them. Mm-hmm. They, they adapt to the stimulus that you give them. So you need to stimulate the pelvic floor and it will therefore adapt. So if you switch it on and switch it off and switch it on and switch it off it'll gradually get used to that and it'll adapt to the demands you're putting on it and it'll gradually get stronger and tighter i must say that i would encourage any pregnant woman to be doing pelvic floor exercises all day every day it hugely helps with the birth it actually is there's a common misconception that a strong pelvic floor makes the birth more difficult because it's going to be tighter um it's not it helps with the pushing phase it makes you stronger for the pushing phase so that each push achieves more. Yeah. And in, I, I mean, I, I don't know what the scientific test for this was, but anecdotal evidence suggests that it usually results in a shorter birth than if you hadn't Interesting. been doing pelvic so floor exercises. So that was me thinking that I had a terrible pelvic floor, but I had a two and a half hour birth from start wow. to finish. So, and they did say... Did you do any of the massaging, which I didn't do? Mm-hmm. You know, the yeah. perineal massage, yeah. which you obviously 
But you were a dancer, so you've probably yeah. got a very good pelvic floor yeah. naturally anyway. Um, so that may have... But then who knows? At that point, the reason why I said it's anecdotal, because perhaps, you know, if you had been doing pelvic floor, it might have taken longer. Yeah. We, can't, we can't compare... We, we have no control subject to scientifically compare that to, but anecdotal evidence suggests that it, is, it does help you with the birth. So how can you do pelvic floor? What, what okay, is it? What so, do you do? Here we, so here we are. There's two, the two ways I like to encourage people to dial into their pelvic floor are to imagine you're going for a wee and stop the flow. Yeah. Some people also like that moment where you go into a freezing cold sea and it makes you <gasps> just yeah. pull up. Mm. And you almost want to like pull your midriff away from the water. Yes. Right? So those two, imagine doing that now. That's the muscle switching on and switching off. And so should our husbands be joining in as well? Because I know this is obviously about mums and everything, but everyone has a pelvic floor. I mean, if they, I, yeah, uh, from listen, if they want to, yeah. if they want to be fit, if they want to be, have good control over their body in general, pelvic floor actually is the start of a core exercise in any you know anyway so if you want to have abs you should have a good pelvic floor you don't want to be walking around holding supporting your body with your skeletal muscles your abdominals you want to be supporting your body with your core i.e your pelvic floor how do you remember because i feel like i've got a million one things to do the last thing i think about is myself so what what would be something to remind me to do it because, okay create, and how many times should i be doing it in the day create a routine what do you what do you do regularly do you drink tea Drink tea and make bottles for the boys. Okay, so you drink tea and you make bottles for the boys. Take those two things. Yep. Every time you switch the kettle on or press the button on the bottle for the boys, yep. is it the Tommy Tippy button, I know yeah, you've got it. that one, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, all the time. Yeah, that's when you do it. And you don't have to do a lot. Here's, I'll run you through a workout right now. So we can both switch our pelvic floors on, right? I'm going to click my fingers to switch on and switch off. Switch on and switch off. Switch on and switch off. Now switch on and hold for five, four, three, two, one. And I hope off. everyone's joining in. By I the hope way. so. Everyone listening. I hope so. Well. <laughs> and now we're going to do one. We're going to we're going to hold for the same amount of time, but we're going to slowly switch off. So we're going to switch on and we're going to gradually switch off for five, four, three, two, one. That's the most difficult that one. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah. That takes that. That's what. That's the best one for connecting the mind to the pelvic floor. That's a, those are your pelvic floor exercises. Perfect. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really, really make this now something just, that I do. You've just done that, sat cross-legged on a nice, comfortable couch. Yeah. You're sort of sitting up and leaning forward a little bit. Mm -hmm. And that's your pelvic floor. You, you don't need a gym. You don't need equipment. You don't need to be doing anything other than... You can do that in bed before you go that to bed. That is my kind of exercise. It really, yeah. And it really is. <laughs> and actually, the first... Immediately after you've, had, you've given birth, for the first sort of four to six weeks, that's all you really need to be doing. Yeah. Because when you get back into exercise, yeah. to have a functioning pelvic floor, that's gonna, that's gonna, you're going to be streets ahead. You, you don't want to be pushing your, your skeletal muscles at that point. You want to be resting and recovering and allowing particularly the abs to recover. But if you go back to that first session with a good, healthy pelvic floor, you'll achieve more with it than if you hadn't. Well, anyone listening, do this because I'm seven months in with twin boys and I've had 
numerous accidents and I feel like um, not feminine and confident because of that it's really made me feel quite down so yeah. the one thing I would say is just get, do get just do it just yeah. get it like done straight away when you're tearing away. after your child and then yeah. you're like I can't run yes. yeah. it would help to have a pelvic floor yeah <laughs> yeah. and that day when you get a trampoline for the kid as they get to about two or three and you realise I can't do this anymore either That is, <laughs> those are real situations yeah. and your pelvic floor like I said it can be done anywhere um do you have any advice um, in specific areas we can work? Say, for instance, Kim, you were saying had a cesarean yeah. and I had natural. Is there anything that you can do for... Yeah, is there like key focus points? Yeah. Well, a pelvic floor is the yeah. key focus point. Okay. Uh, what you, what the, 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 the point of, uh, of, of the recovery is that it is a recovery. There's certain timescales. You, you would be in touch with your doctor or your midwife, take advice from them. The postnatal check is a very important thing. Before your postnatal check, take your time. Because at this point you are vulnerable to injury. If you injure yourself, it doesn't matter how much you gained by doing those step-ups that one day. You've just, you've just stopped yourself being able to do anything else for three more months. So just allow that first six weeks. You can do, you can start to build up with pelvic floor uh, exercises and what we call ab hollowing, which I'll sh I could show you ab hollowing when we do that little video as well. Um, and that will help dial back in your core. Mm -hmm. But I think it's important, I think particularly with Kim, she's, she wants to get going straight away. Yeah. Um, she wants to do it all, that's the way she's built. I have to, what you have to do is realise what, what, your, what your challenges are and understand that in week one, particularly after a C-section, standing up and going to the toilet on your own is a fitness achievement yeah. and you should celebrate that and you should really celebrate that and know that and look forward to next week being able to walk up to the up the stairs on your own and and make sure you're focused on those little things because you're not going to be doing sit-ups yeah. in it, it straight away you're not going to be running marathons or swimming or even driving but make so make sure you 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 manage your expectations and celebrate those little expectations. Really celebrate them because after what you girls go through, particularly in a C-section I've seen firsthand, being able to walk to the toilet within a week is unbelievable. It really is. It really is. It's amazing. And then when you start to, when you when you fully stopped sort of bleeding and discharging and all that kind of stuff, you can start gentle swimming. Gentle swimming. But celebrate the fact that you're in a pool. Don't worry about the fact that you haven't just swum 25 lengths. Celebrate that you're in the pool because it will come with patience. And the more patient you are, the, actually the quicker it will, it, you'll get back to normal. Yeah. Don't rush it at that stage. That prenatal, postnatal stage. I have stage. a question about um, C-sections and um, the pelvic floor. I'm probably really naive, but I would have thought that it's the, the actual labour that like destroys your pelvic floor. But is, is it actually pregnancy that does that? Uh, no, you're right, actually. Labour is labour takes its toll on the pelvic floor. It's where the bru bruising and tearing can come from, whereas a C-section doesn't do any of that. Um, however, when you cut through the connective tissue just be below the abs, it does completely sever your core and your... your um, what we call your powerhouse in Pilates, that, that, that's just totally separated, which, is, which includes the pelvic floor. So it, it, it's still functional, but it's completely ineffective because it doesn't work as a unit like everything else. Um, so at that point, you should try your best to continue with those pelvic floor muscle movements, even though your abs are completely se severed, because when that recovers, 
you're you're still down. you'll still have the pelvic floor. I think it would be it it would be I think a lot of people might think, well, you know, my abs have been severed right through, so what's the point of doing pelvic floor exercises? No, you're better off having a head start when you get back to it. But never work if, if you've got to listen to the feedback of your body as well never more so than when you're pregnant it's huge and and postnatal um if it's hurting if it's bruising if it's bad pain and this goes for more with a natural delivery just just ease off take it take it slower just switching what the exercises we just did there that's for you yeah. you know having not I'm done gonna... anything yet mm. the day after pregnancy just switch on and switch off a couple yeah. of times you can use it as your me time I oh, know that's, that's going to be my me time. You look odd when you're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> like you like you look like you're focused. peeing in the sea. <laughs> you know? That's so I into the distance. Yeah, yeah. What are you concentrating on? <laughs> um, both Emma and I suffered horrendously from morning sickness. I was at the point where, like, if anyone came near me, I was sick. If I opened the fridge, I was sick. If I moved, I was sick. But how can you advise anyone else suffering? to still exercise like I just couldn't even go in a room I used to teach ballet bar and I had to stop because yeah. it was like debilitating for me well it's again I just mentioned you've got to listen to your body and actually it, this isn't just a cold that you can run through mm. it's it's it, it's way more than that and if you if you have to listen to morning sickness you can't push through morning sickness because it's not a sickness in the general sense of the word it's well it's vascular underfill which is your veins have expanded to accommodate the, the the blood flow that's going to be that's going to be working through your body. Also, the relaxin has softened all your soft tissue, so the veins aren't quite as effective. Which means, but the blood at this point of of the pregnancy, blood your, your blood volume hasn't increased. Therefore, your blood's not getting around the body as much, which is causing nausea and sickness and all these kind of things. And the nausea and the sickness are telling your body to stop calm and calm down and take it easy. That's where it comes from. It's not like a, a, a stomach bug or, 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 a, or a cold. It's so interesting. It, it, it really is. So it, makes you feel, it makes you feel like good to know. Because I, I suffered up until I was six months pregnant with, twin, yeah. with twins. And I, you know, me, Max, I was going to yoga twice a day, seven trying days trying to a week. push through it. But I, no, I didn't. But when I, when I fell pregnant and was so poorly, I didn't. I just rested right. because I listened to my body. Yeah, but part of me was like, am I being lazy? Should I be pushing through? So I'm glad to know that I shouldn't have been. I should have just been resting and yeah. doing what my body needs because I'm growing children. And unfortunately, unfortunately, that is sometimes that is the case. However, what I would do as a fitness professional, I would sit with you and I would screen you or interview you until I found a window where you could train. Now, it could be that, that obviously the easy one is if it only happens between 7 a.m. and 9 a.m., don't train in those hours. But there's other things where we'd keep talking until I found out that actually it only happens 20 minutes after she eats or it only happens just after the school run because of the level of exertion that she has to picking up the kids or doing that. That's what that's what creates the, the or exasperates the effects of vascular underfill. Or it might be when you're sat down watching television and we'd keep. I would I would advise you to keep a diary of everything that you're doing and mark when the uh, when the, when the sickness happens and if there is a pattern you can then look to work mm. around that pattern. I'm not See, saying I that that would I work. Done Pilates because you don't well obviously with the more exerting parts you do start to sweat and your body temperature rises and stuff like that. But I think if I was doing more like core kind not core but like miniature movements because you would actually do. Calisthenics. Calisthenics. Yeah. I can't yeah. even pronounce it as well. Which is that, isn't it? It's like tiny little movements. Well, it's dialing in the body. Um, it's dialing in the, 
the, the, the, the relationship between the body and the mind. And you don't necessarily have to move at all mm. to do that. Um, there are phases of pregnancy that are more suitable for Pilates. You'd have to pick certain. You, you can't lie supine, which is on your back after, I think it's 16 weeks. Yeah. Um, because of SHS and I forget. Oh what yeah, that it's because like the for. baby like squashing your yeah. major. Yeah, your vena cava, like your yeah. inferior vena cava, which takes blood back to the heart. So if you lie down, the baby will squash that, and blood won't go back to the heart, and you'll pass out. And that's a little bit similar to the morning sickness mm -hmm. thing. You just can't ignore those kind of things. But as a Pilates instructor, I would create adaptions for you and even have things sat up on a Swiss ball, which, we will, which I'm going to do for Kim. I'm going to have her sat up on a Swiss ball when you guys are lying on your back. Um, so a good Pilates instructor would be able to create adaptions for you, that's for sure, yeah. But like I said, if you've got a bout of morning sickness, just don't, just stop. And I do know Adam Garcia's wife, there's no way she'd have been able to exercise. It was 24-7 the entire yeah, time. Yeah, me too. That was me as well, like um, average. Everything. I, from the moment I, I woke up eyes. to the moment I went to sleep, yeah. I was sick. And uh, that's just that's unfortunate. So you just what you can do, though, is you can still do your pelvic floor exercises. Yeah. Exactly, which is what I didn't do. Yeah. I thought that's what you were going to say, pelvic <laughs> Well, that is what you can... And, and that is ultimately going to get you a, a head start to getting back to fitness yeah. like no other. So you can still do that. Brilliant. Um, do you have any advice on how exercise can help with baby blues, postnatal depression? Or, and body confidence, really? I, I will, I'll target the first half of that sentence first, but baby blues and postnatal depression, exercise in general to anybody, whether you're pregnant or not, is great for, for, for feeling a little bit better about ourselves. Um, not from an aesthetical point of view, because I separate those two things personally, um, but it releases endorphins, it makes us happy, it, it, makes us, it, it, it gives us a sense of purpose, it gives us a sense of self, and from my experience, holding that little baby with uh, unable to do anything that I'm supposed to be doing in my life because of this responsibility, being able to do a bit of fitness gave me, uh, well, at least I'm still me. At least I'm still, that's still my, it's still my body. I'm still able to improve things and do things and look forward to things. And I, I think that's, that's, that's a, a great sort of function of exercise. Also, if you go to a class, a postnatal class, you're going to meet mums who are in the same situation. You're going to have stuff to talk about yeah. with them. And that, that's, we've already mentioned it. Talking is invaluable to our mental health because you realise that actually everybody's the same. You don't feel so alone and that takes care of a lot of the problem. Massively. Yeah. Mm, it definitely helped me when I started uh, meeting up with other mamas. Yeah. But having worked in the fashion industry and obviously with Kim being in the public eye, do you think that there's a huge pressure on women to snap back into their pre-pregnancy shape? Or do you think that we're now allowing people to enjoy their new shape? I think, I think, I, I think we're, some people are aware of the allowing people to enjoy their new body, mm -hmm. which it is. And there are some people who are just not, and it's disgusting. Mm. Um, I remember when we first had Willow, we engaged with a couple of magazines because Kim was trying to get herself back in shape and she thought it was an interesting story, a dancer recovering her body and she wanted to, she wanted to create a message for mums to say you can do this. Yeah. And every single magazine wanted to know numbers. How much did you weigh before? How much do you weigh now? How much are you targeting your weight for? Weight is not an, example, an indicator of fitness no. ever. No, because you can be super skinny and not have done a day at the gym. Exactly. And you can be super heavy and be as strong as an ox. A sumo wrestler is not unfit, just like a marathon runner is not unfit. Mm -hmm. But they, 
seemingly are at the extremes of weight. Mm. It's 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 ludicrous to put weight in 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 any kind of indicator for fitness. But more imp- but more crucially, my my philosophy with fitness is it's not what your body looks like ever. It's what your body can do. Mm. What do you want to be able to do with your body? If you want to be able to sit on the couch all day watching TV, then it doesn't. Then your body looks exactly as it should look at any point in any condition. If you want to be able to run a marathon, the chances are you might shave off a few pounds during the process of that. But it's not the shaving off of a few pounds you're trying to do. It's the running the marathon. Yeah. Climbing the stairs in week two after a C-section, that's what you want to be able to do. Who cares what you look like? And if the world started focusing on that, body image issues would evaporate. There would be no body image to talk about. There would be skills to attain and achievements to, to achieve. Do you worry on how it might impact the girls as they're growing up as well? I would hope that I will, I will be drumming into them that is what you do their mum's the same you know she wants to be a dancer who can make amazing shapes with her body at the end of that it will look a certain way because of the things she's achieved Mm. and that's the way it's supposed to be it doesn't matter but even with that philosophy she's still affected by the external factors that we're bombarded with and the fact that they wanted to know her weight and she says well why do you want to know my weight it doesn't matter yeah like she ran a triathlon a few months she afterwards. she was doing it was trying, trying to give everyone a positive exactly. outlook. But if people think, oh, well, she was only she actually in the first received... place, so there's no, not much to go back to. She actually, after this, this article thing came out, she did it because she was running a triathlon and she wanted to, 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 to show that you can do this. And um, the article came out and it was all about the numbers. And she received so much online hate for it. One in particular, one woman who's in the public eye, and I know her, she told her that she should be ashamed of herself. Wow, Kim, and it devastated Kim mm. because it wasn't. Her, it, she was just trying to say that she was just trying to empower women. Yeah. And do you know what? It, it, some women might not have liked it one way or another. What? Read something else. Do you know? Don't watch this bit. Watch something else. Like there's loads of information out there. Kim's just trying to share her, her journey. And to be honest, it motivated her as well to keep herself accountable yeah, and you document feel like you're the doing situation it with, with people as well, yeah. don't you? you? That's why I put my my workouts on Instagram. And then some people go, God, another workout. And I think, well, to be honest, it gets me in the gym for tomorrow as well. And you know, and helps me train with other people on Instagram. And, and how things. did you support, put support Kim through that that moment of her feeling? Well, my was misunderstood or judged. But my I, my philosophy is, it's, as I said, it's not what your body can do, what your body looks like. It's what it can do. She ran a triathlon. Yeah. I'm like, you're amazing. She's amazing. Yeah. She is. I don't care what I don't like. How she looks is amazing because of what she does. Yeah. Right now, she's growing a baby for us. Yeah. She looks amazing. <laughs> she does. Because that's what she's doing. Like that's what she like. It, it, like I said, if if you if you want if I ran a marathon tomorrow, I'd lose a few pounds, and I don't I don't really I I get worried about being skinny. That's my personal hang up. But I'd have run a marathon. So who cares? Do you know what I mean? It's like I really so so with regards to Kim, our philosophy in life is that, and I hope that we're able to deflect those external mm-hmm. factors mm-hmm. because we keep true to our core. And when it comes to my girls, that's that's the world they'll grow up in, and that's as much as I can do for them. Exactly. You know? Exactly. What advice do you have to empower newly pregnant women who are struggling with their new body shape? Well, I just, I, I mean, I just touched on that. Empowering newly pregnant women, just 
just remind them how incredible it is what they of what they're doing regardless of the circumstances you know some people get shocked and are a little bit you know <laughs> upset by the fact that they found themselves pregnant but you're growing a light look at what you're capable of who cares what you look like right now you are look at what you're doing this is as good as any human being can do and you're doing it right now i don't care what like it doesn't matter what the magazines and the, the Instagram and the influencers of this world are telling you you should look like you're growing a baby. It's better than all that. Yeah. And I hope it puts everything in perspective, isn't it? it? That I is hope the one it does. Thing I that hope it does. My entire outlook on life is having a child and also miscarriage. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I, nothing matters after yeah. that. Nothing does matters it? after that. I think. Yeah. I think for me, I've always been very conscious of leading a, a very healthy lifestyle and and actually probably looking a certain way because of my part previous career and feeling mm. like I was watched all the time and needed to be a certain shape. And when I then you know carried twins and gave birth and now I'm more confident weirdly enough in my body and it's nowhere near as what it was before but um but but then I realized that actually your bodies are here to create life and, and I have created two wonderful boys and I'm proud of my body and what it's done and and like you said my body is what it is now and I'm embracing it and I've got more confidence from I know I just mother. wish I'd appreciated the body I had because <laughs> I look back and I'm like, hell, just enjoyed it a little a bit. Damn. More. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it, even as a, I mean, I'm. It's my job to have a good, a good aesthetical body. Yeah. And a few years ago, I was, I used to hammer the gym to stay in shape for work because I was being professional, and I was. That's what was. It was my job, just like you were being professional, trying to be the best you can be in your industry, and that's totally fair enough. But. I, I was finding myself getting injured by the by the process of training, so I decided to change, switch it up. That's when I developed my philosophy. I wanted to learn to do a human flag, and when I've done that, it won't matter what I look like. What is a human flag? Uh, it's a, they call it a side lever. So it's when you grip hold of a ladder and you. St I'll show you. I put yeah, it on I'm the video. Forward this forward video's this. getting longer. I'm, yeah. I might yeah. try and do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can try and do it. Yeah, you might not have the curve. I'm definitely not your feet. I wouldn't be the I wouldn't be the best fitness advisor if I let you do a human flag under yeah. my watch. What do you do? No warming up. Straight in. So so that that switched my that switched my focus anyway. Switched the way I wanted to do and almost by doing. Doing that I risked my body image for my work it was a somewhat unprofessional decision to have made um, as it turned out the human flag put me in better condition than I ever was anyway aesthetically but I don't care it doesn't bother me and regardless of that it, it, I would have found myself in a different position in life a more suitable position for me why would I try and keep myself it's like it's like you know lying to somebody to, to win favor with them well, why don't you just tell them the truth and if they don't like it they'll walk away and you won't have to and you'll find someone who does like you yeah it's the same with fitness why would you force yourself to be something that you're not in order to be in a world that you're not supposed to be when if you were just yourself you'd end up where you're supposed to be yeah. and that's what would have happened to me I'm sure I'd still work as a model maybe there'd be less body work if I if my shape had changed or mm. whatever but then that's where I would have meant to be because I wasn't enjoying and I was getting injured smashing out weights every day. It's acceptance. Yeah, it? acceptance. And accepting yourself yeah. and being the best person and version of yourself yeah. you can be. Like three years ago, you wouldn't, three years ago, you wouldn't, or, or how, I don't know, how old your, how old's your little one? Um, he is 18 months. 18 months, yeah. okay. So three years ago, five years ago, in fact, none of us would have been sat around doing a podcast about parenting. Yeah. But because we're 
parents now, we're all doing this. Yeah. Well, this is what I say. He has given me He's this given opportunity. You this. He has given me the um, ability to quit my job in yeah. the fashion industry and actually do something on a full-time scale that I enjoy. I get to spend all my days with him. Like it's ended up working out in the best possible way it could have done. And who knows where it will, where it, where you'll go from here mm. with this basis. So for those mums who were sat there worried about being their, their body being taken away from them or changed or something like that, no, 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 you're just moving somewhere else mm -hmm. and it might be better. Yeah, like, if you let it be, it If you will let be. it, yeah, embrace yeah. it and it might, be, it might end up better. Not the way you know it, but mm. it'll be different. Yeah. One of the things that we don't talk about enough, but obviously Emma and I talk about all the time, is that parenthood is incredibly hard at times as well and we want to make a focus of that on Monday Monday um, and also let everyone else know that they're not alone so what for you what has been your kind of most difficult point and adjustment since becoming a father um, I, I mean I touched on it a few times but the most difficult thing was was just that those first few months where you're sat there with a baby that you don't know yet not realising why it is that I feel like I have to get to know my baby before I can fully appreciate it. Mm. I mean, I love this. There's an unconditional love there and a, and, a, and a need to nurture and protect. But you don't know the kid. Mm. And that was confusing to me. I was like, oh, so you're supposed to... Like, there's, there isn't any... No, there and are, people is, sell it as their yeah, people don't sell they? it as they, this, like, this They'll look at your eyes yeah. and grab your finger and then you'll poke your tongue out and they'll poke their tongue out and it'll be the most amazing <laughs> thing you'll ever... I'm like... I'm sat there going, no, I won't. It's a lump. Yeah, the reality is, <laughs> like, it's shit. So yeah, I clean it up. It yeah. does it again. And then I've got to feed again, and you're not getting any sleep tonight. And if you want to go out and do some work, you can't. And it's like, and and but they've set you up for this cosmic experience, which it just wasn't for me. Mm. And fortunately for me, I I I was okay with that. Did because, it put you off having a second? No, because I was okay with that. Yeah. I, but but. I can understand why other people wouldn't be okay mm. with that because you've been sold some sold. I'm always skeptical of people who, who talk up about how incredible something is. I'm like, no, let's wait and see what happens. Mm. So I waited and You're see what happens. It wasn't that incredible. And I'm like, I kind of thought this would be the case. And now we'll work into a relationship, which you do. But when it comes to that phase where you, you don't know, where, where everything feels like it's upside down, the one thing I'll tell you is that for me, it felt like it was going to last forever. I thought that this was going to be my life, having to take care of this little bean for 18 years. But even now, I, I, we're able to extend the rope on our, on our oldest. She's able to do a little bit more. I don't have to brush her teeth for her anymore. She does that. That's one thing off my plate. You know? <laughs> you know? And that, that, yeah, and that, that keeps going. People are now telling me, yeah, wait till she's 15. I'm like, all right. I'll live in the shed when she's 15. <laughs> Do you think she'll think you're cool? <laughs> no. What, no why don't you I'm think cool. that parents talk about how hard parenthood is? Because it is really hard. I don't why? know. I, I Personally, I don't know if I'd have necessarily benefited from being terrified of the situation either. Mm. Um, and like I said, I think that you're better off knowing nothing and just figuring it out when you go. But I, so my advice is more for the people who are sat there now not knowing what to do with themselves and just say to them, it'll be all right. Mm. You'll be okay. Each day is a long day, but you'll get to the end of it. <laughs> and then you'll get up in the morning and start again and every day gets slightly easier. There's new challenges and stuff, but you get better at it. Yeah. If you can answer this, if there was one piece of advice you wish you, you had been told before you had kids, what would it have been? Oof. Um, 
Let's see what I actually wrote down for this, because I probably had something. Danny's and Andy's was, don't have them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't have them. Yeah. <laughs> what would I wish I'd been told? I, to be honest, I really don't think I would have wanted to know. To know, It yeah. sounds like you like working out how to do something and also like taking your own approach in parenthood. Yeah, and I do really stand by that one piece of ad advice that the doctor said to us. If you turn up with nothing, you'll be all right. Because then everything's, everything's an improvement. Like, I remember stocking up on nappies. What was the point of that? I know, we have Amazon Prime and like yeah, a 24-hour yeah, test. There's, there's a co-op within walking distance that sells nappies. Why do I need to have five cupboards full of nappies? <laughs> that would have been a good piece of advice. Okay. Just, just like, don't worry about it. You're not going to need a nursery for six months or three months even anyway. You're not going to need to stock up on nappies. You don't need all of these different ointments and wipes and wraps and all this kind of stuff. Wait till, you, wait till the baby requires something and go out and get it. Yeah. You will have time to go out, assuming you're in a, in, a, in a team, which Kim and I were, you will have time to go out and grab some nappies. You'd be fine. <laughs> yeah. That makes logical sense and totally agree with that. Yeah, we definitely had that approach because we just thought, as does at the end of the road, and It'll all be Amazon there. Prime. Yeah. I wanted to nest and I wanted everything. But see that some people enjoy that, and we actually the first one we enjoyed it. You're getting used to it. It's part of the, it, it, and I think mentally it, it prepares you and and switches your life from being what it was to what it's going to be. Yeah. So I wouldn't I wouldn't say don't do those things, but I would say don't worry about. Well, them I didn't. I, I wanted to, but Danny was like, <laughs> we don't need to do it yet. <laughs> Wait until the babies are here, and like you said, we didn't use the nursery until well, the boys have only just gone in at six months. Yeah. So are they in now? Yeah, they're Amazing. in. They're Woo! in. I just happened Congrats. to be running across the landing intermittently yeah. through the it night. Makes it but more annoying for the mum, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. That's why I was against it. I was like, please, no, no, no. And then when Andy went away, I actually got annoyed with Knox being in my room. So I was like, oh, see you in a bit. We did a, we did a um, transitional period where one of us would go and sleep in the baby's room for a few months and then gradually, just, just for the sake of the fact that you're going to be up anyway. Mm -hmm, yeah. But they get used to that. Yeah. That, that was quite a good idea. We did that as well. Quite well, yeah. I might try that. Yeah, go go set up a little bed in the baby's room. You're going to be in there most of so the night anyway. Easier. Yeah. Um, make sure they can't see you. Maybe put covers over the thing because you don't want them to get used to you being in there. Yeah, this is my was my only concern. Yeah. So, so put like a cover over the over the thing because yeah, so then you've got to then wean them the off you being in there with them. That, that's another phase that you've got to think oh, about. God, I've had all of these terrible phases that we've had to phase out, but he goes to sleep on his own now. So. Brilliant. Well done. Go through the pain to get there. Yeah, I was just too tired because he was just hell. Routine was good for us as well. Yeah, we were, we, was we put a routine together early. Were you the driving force behind that? I'm because... pretty OCD with them yeah. things. So I was like, I was like, with Willow, it had to be by the minute. If we were five minutes early for her nap, it would, it would domino effect through the whole day. Really? Maple, you can pretty much, it's not the same she can go down 20 minutes early 20 get up 20 minutes late she likes her sleep so it's fine with willow if she wasn't spot on with the food and the bottles and the and the nap times and the routine was exactly the same it would, it, it would just Pull out the window the house yeah. of cards would fall i have that with ethan <laughs> my one of my twin boys yeah because you're having to do double trouble i mean i don't know that is that is madness how you guys are doing that is we, we are just getting through um with the twin life it's 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 very different 
um, from having one child, um, and it's a, a massive challenge. Um, so, yeah. So all you twin parents out there, wow. Good, good for you. It's a madness. Yeah. Rather you. you than me. <laughs> but we, even having our second child, it was, it was like, you know, it makes you, it makes you remember just having one. As like, it's like having an accessory. Yeah. You can take her out to, you know, events and things like that and live your life and she can sit in the cradle at dinner and stuff. Having two is lifestyle chaos. Yeah, I madness. think one, you know, they can come with you. Yeah. With two, you can't have having to roll with them for a little bit. Yeah, you're but one on one now. Forever. Yeah. But at some point, we'll get back some of our time. You will. And I think that you're paying it forward more than any of us because I am convinced that when, if Willow and Maple were the same, well, both Willow's age now, we'd have very little to do because they'd look after each other. Yeah. yeah. God, I hope so. Yeah. But Max, thank you so much. You're it's been absolutely wonderful having you on the show. And um, I cannot wait to get in that studio of yours and get you training yeah, us up so we're super empowered. Engage those pelvic floors. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if anyone does want to check out some of these um, videos of us um, and get some practice in, then go to our Instagram um, and you will find all the information there. Thank you, Max. Thank you. Thank you for joining us this week on Monday Monday. This episode was brought to you at Max Rogers Pilates Studio. Hell yeah. Oh, I wish I had a studio at home. I wish I had a Pilates teacher on hand. <laughs> Kim, we're very jealous. Okay, so if you would like to follow Max Rogers on his fitness journey, his family journey. His fatherhood journey. Exactly. Then follow him at Max Rogers UK. Now this week, Joey, I want to share with you a product that I'm loving at the moment because we always share a product that yeah. we love. Yeah. So this week... I would love to introduce you guys to the Mambo Baby Neck Float Ring. Wow. <laughs> Basically, it's a floating neck ring. <laughs> I mean, I've seen photos of this in action. Oh, the it's twins quite crazy. love it. So that we put them in it at bath time. Mm -hmm. We think we started using them around four months and they outgrew them probably around seven months. Okay. But that enjoyment they experienced for them three months was incredible. And it's such a lovely bonding time for daddy to play with the boys because he could do it simply on his own, yeah. really. I mean, I was there most of the time, but it just gives him an opportunity to have a lovely bonding time at bath time. And the boys Feel kicked safe. around. They felt safe. They loved their independence. I think Finding it was the first confidence time. confidence in water, which is really hard. Absolutely. And yeah, just being able to float around freely and move freely because at that point my boys weren't crawling mm -hmm. so this was their first sort of like taste of freedom and um, I would have to highly recommend it to any parent out there if you want to make bath time a little bit more fun okay and Amazon Amazon and it's around 20 pounds 20 pounds so yeah. you buy two 40 pounds yeah but well worth it well worth every you, penny Joey? so for me I absolutely love my Toddle Kind play mat I've actually done a review on it on my YouTube channel and the reason I love it is because <sighs> play mats are so ugly, let's face oh, it. They're so ugly. So ugly. And this one comes in loads of very large jigsaw pieces and it creates an amazing Nordic inspired design. Mm. So we've gone for like a grey and white design and it's super thick. So it's thicker than most play mats that come that are jigsaw shaped. And um, it's really shock absorbing. Knox has fallen over on it a million times and it looks good it can go into many different shapes you can buy a couple and stick them together if you've got a big house um what else do i love about it wipes clean 
Wow. The only good. thing you need to be careful of is you can hoover it, but just check with your hoover first um, because you don't want to shred it or anything like that. And it's not really pet friendly, but I'm not sure why because I imagine a dog could walk over it fine. I imagine if your dog chews it, that's the only thing that's that could be problem. wrong with it. And my dog, Hugo, loves to chew but I don't toys. Think, I don't think he would that. chew that though because it's so structurally sound mm. I think he'd just ignore it and think it's a map but maybe just want to be aware yeah, of yeah that's th- that's what they said basically be aware don't use it with animals Ooh. but I think you'd be fine shall we tag these in our stories today yeah brilliant let's Perfect. do that amazing thank you so much for listening everybody and we will speak to you next week Hello and welcome to Monday Monday. We are so excited to tell you guys that this episode is sponsored by Nano Baby. They are such a brilliant brand. They've just launched in the UK. They've designed the first baby bottle specifically for breast milk. So ideal for all you mummers out there who are breastfeeding and expressing. Nano Baby epitomises everything that Monday Monday is about. Preparing and empowering parents. Its unique design means it both cools down and warms up twice as fast as a standard shaped bottle, so it helps preserve the nutrients in the breast milk. And its breast light shape means it's easy holding for little hands. It's super simple to use as you can pump directly into the bottle as it comes with an adapter that fits most pumps, so no chance of spillages. And finally, the bottles can stack on top of each other for easy storage in the fridge. Such a smart design. So whether you want to get your partner involved, you're struggling with feeding, have to return to work, or just need a break, it's the perfect companion on your breastfeeding journey. It's available in John Lewis, Mamas and Papas, or on Nano Baby's website at nanobaby.co.uk.